Okay, welcome everyone to Off the Woodwork podcast for round seven. It's it's really uh, a continuation from last year, I guess, with COVID nineteen playing havoc with the scheduling of the of the five games uh, scheduled. I think three are uh, postponed, unfortunately, for this round. But we still have uh, three three to go, uh, two two being played. And so we'll talk about those today a bit later on. But firstly, um, we'll have a bit of a chat about the table and then we'll have a chat uh, to our special guest on the show who's, um, who's well known on Twitter and has um, interviewed many past players and has commented on um, football in New Zealand and Australia quite a lot. It's Shannon, he's based in Canberra, so we'll, we'll have a good chat to you in a second, Shannon. But uh, firstly, I'm joined by my co-host as always, Giuseppe. And... Giuseppe, just when we look at the table, um, are you surprised to see Melbourne Victory sitting at the top? Not at all. They've been playing very well this year. You know, I reckon the change of coach has really brought some more passion back into the team. They're just really gelling. So no surprise at all. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Shannon? Is there, is there any surprise package for you? Um what about MacArthur and Western United? I know that Giuseppe and I were quite surprised to see Western United uh, go as well as they have this season. Has there been anything that has surprised you about the ladder? To be honest, I'm pretty surprised looking at the ladder saying Adelaide United 11th. The sort of football they were playing, particularly towards the very start of you know, the league, I thought was very good football, even though they weren't getting the results. And I feel like sitting in 11th is a bit of a disservice to how they've been playing. Now with their injury woes, I think it's going to be hard for them to get off the bottom, but just on Melbourne victory for a moment, the fact that they're already first on the ladder, they're playing good football really goes to show how much they've turned a corner from, you know, the team that they were last season. I think it's pretty much night and day and Tony Popovic and everyone involved have done a phenomenal job so far. Yeah. Look, I couldn't agree more to be honest. Um, uh, he certainly has what about um, Melbourne City Giuseppe sitting eighth five um, five games they're obviously a game behind um, two wins two draws and a loss um, you know how do you feel they're tracking I'm not too worried about uh, Melbourne City right now they've had pretty average start you know we brought in Matthew Leckie, who hasn't really performed that well, but we've still got all our other players, such as McLaren, and we've got some of our young stars who are also performing really well when those others aren't able to. And also, this will be our second game, which has been postponed. So I guess we still got two games to make up. Mm. And I know, uh, as you'd be aware, Shannon, I'm a New Zealander. And um, look, the Phoenix is sitting 10th. And I just feel that it's going to be a tough year for the Phoenix because I just don't feel we've got the same uh, playing the quality in our roster that we did last year. So um, we have had a few big losses. And, um, and you know, so I do think pro probably we are going to struggle a wee bit. But And the loss of the keeper is obviously a bit of an issue. Ollie Sale going down. Um, but we just have to, fingers crossed, the Knicks can get a few home games in New Zealand and that'll really help them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel like this is a real chance for the Wellington mm. Phoenix Academy players to sort of shine. You just mentioned 
the keeper Ollie Sale. He's out for six to eight weeks. Alex Paulson, very highly touted young goalkeeper. And, you know, he's going to get some game time in the next couple of weeks to show what he's made of. Ben Old has started the season, I thought, really well. He looks like he's been playing A-League for six, seven years. Ben Haddam, Ben Wayne, all these sort of young players. The Wellington Phoenix are going to have to rely on them this season because some of the more senior players like Alex Rufar, David Ball, haven't really lived up to expectation. Yeah. Look, I um, look, I, I tend to agree with you. And look, there's been a lot of work put into that academy in New Zealand and you have to go back and actually give credit to people like Ernie Merrick, actually, who, who sort of masterminded that approach uh, in his time. And as you say, it's a real opportunity for those players uh, to, um, yeah, to step up. Um, so, so just, just, just perhaps just thanks so much for coming on, Shannon. And as you know, Giuseppe and I are based in Melbourne and uh, I'm in New Zealand and living here. And, you know, I'm a Wellington Phoenix supporter. Giuseppe's a Melbourne, a Melbourne city supporter. And Lovey, who uh, is our third host, who can't be with us today, he's a victory supporter. Um, I know you're based in Canberra. There's no team based in Canberra. What's the what's the standard of football like up there? Is it is it is it a big, is it sort of does it get a fair a fair shake? Well, I've I've been to a couple of Canberra Victoria NPL games, and I would be lying if I said the quality was as good as the NPL in Victoria and Sydney. But the quality of football is pretty good. There's often young, good players being produced, but you don't really see in the league too many players born in Canberra. I think we have two at the moment, which is Jason Garrier and George Timotheu. So if Canberra gets an A-League team, I feel like it could be very good for these young players coming through to sort of have something to aim for, because at the moment, you know, unless you're an A-League women's player, you don't really have any sort of professional team to look up to in Canberra to aspire to be. And yeah, so it's expansion is a must Mm. for me. And how do you sort of feel about the state of um, football in Australia generally, Shannon, uh, in terms of competing versus, versus the other two sports or the other, I suppose the league, the rugby and the footy. Um, Do you feel, are you sort of positive about the prospects that, 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 that you might that soccer is going to sort of grow in popularity and in standing going forward? Look, um, I feel like if, if I'm honest, I feel like football, soccer in Australia is never going to be as big as AFL and rugby league. I grew up in a very rugby league heavy area and, you know, pretty much no one followed soccer. But it is growing. The support for the game is growing. The fact that we have more access to games on free-to-air TV is going to be a good thing. So I feel like the league in a whole and football in Australia in a whole is in a very healthy position. But if we're comparing it to AFL and rugby league, it's going to look a bit depressing because, to be honest, I think we're a good 20, 30 years from us realistically becoming the number one sport in Australia. Certainly... I'll have a few more grey hairs when we when we have um, football as the number one sport in Australia. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Giuseppe? Yeah, look, I definitely agree. Um, personally, I would have soccer as my uh, second sport to watch behind the AFL. And it definitely does need a lot more coverage put into it, more funding, 
just you know to get the word out there that you know this nation has like a lot of sports but each sport needs to be given a uh, fair share of screen time mm, mm. yeah absolutely absolutely and um uh, and you've obviously had a look at New Zealand football. We had Jason Pine on a couple of weeks, and look, he was quite positive about the um, about the state of New Zealand football, uh, Shannon, and uh, the um, the prospect. I know, I know, there's he'd love to see a second a second A League team in New Zealand based in Auckland, um, and he, you know, he was quite, you know, obviously the All Whites have done pretty well in in recent uh, FIFA tournaments, so. So, this, so I think there was sort of an optimism over there, and I know playing numbers in schools uh, are, are really rising quite a lot. Um, it's an interesting situation in New Zealand, Shannon, because you've got the one professional team, but then uh, New Zealand football's always been a little bit equivocal about really supporting the Phoenix, because from New Zealand football's point of view, having the Phoenix takes away from the uh, basically the National Football League in New Zealand. Which would otherwise be sort of the, the 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 top tier, but because of the Phoenix, it's it's not seen that way. Um, what are your sort of thoughts on football over there? And are you, are you sort of pleased with the players that are coming through and the quality? Yeah. Um, firstly, absolutely agree with Jason Pine. A second A League team in New Zealand would be good for not only New Zealand football, but I think the Wellington Phoenix. Because, you know, we have the joke of the distance derby with Perth Glory, Wellington, Phoenix, but they don't really have that sort of derby to bring in the crowds, to bring in the neutrals to kind of watch. And I feel like if neutrals watch the A-League football in New Zealand, they'll become fans. And secondly, I feel like the game as a whole in New Zealand looks very healthy, especially when you compare it to Australia. Um, the New Zealand League, I've watched a fair bit and I'll say it's pretty good quality and as you just mentioned, the youngsters coming through, the things the Wellington Phoenix Academy have done are only positive signs. So New Zealand football definitely looks like it's something that's on the up and I hope to see it continue to improve. I hope to see these young players like Ben Old, Ben Haddam, Alex Paulson keep coming through the academy because, you know, Wellington Phoenix and New Zealand football go hand in hand, in my opinion. And I'd like to see New Zealand qualify for a World Cup in the mm. next couple of years. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, so perhaps, um, perhaps Giuseppe, we could just have a bit of a, um, a bit of a chat about the two games that we do have on. And the first one is um, on New Year's Eve. So in a couple of days time, 7.05. Um, no, it's not. That's the wrong, that's the wrong time. Sorry. The first one is New Year's Day. Is the first is the first. It's New Year's Day, isn't it? Yeah, and that's at Combank Stadium, Western Sydney Wanderers versus Western United, uh, and it's pretty even. Dollar ninety two plays. Well, actually, dollar ninety two plays three seventy for Western United. Those odds look a little bit unusual. Um, that must be the best odds on offer across the tabs. Um, obviously, so we've got. Western Sydney eighth playing Western United third. Um, how do you sort of see this one, um, Giuseppe, from your point of view? Look, I can see United uh, coming back after a loss to win this one. Uh, Western mm. Sydney have only had the one win, then 
two draws, two losses. So I think just with the advantage of having uh, that experience, uh, Western United will get the win here. Mm. And Western United at 3.20, Western Sydney at 2.15, the draw at 3.60. How do you see this one, Shannon? Um, I thought last match, Western United versus Melbourne victory, it really showed how much Western United lacked creativity in the final third with Diamante out. And the fact that he's got COVID and is going to be out for this match isn't good for Western United. And I think the only positive they have is mm. that Alexander Prihovic, uh, the mm. big striker, is coming in. So, you know, I, I would worry for their creative chances, their goal-scoring opportunities. And I feel like this is a game that Western Sydney Wanderers should take advantage of their weakness mm. and should win. But the fact that it's Western Sydney and the fact that you don't really know what you're going to get with this Western Sydney side means that I'm going to have to sit on the fence and say, I think it will be a, a draw and I think it will be a mm. very entertaining mm. draw. Look, I tend to agree. Diamante being out for Western United um, is a real is a real blow. And I, and I just struggle to see them winning with him out. So... Um, but equally, Western United, Western Sydney have been um, have been pretty hard to follow. Um, obviously, goals for four, goals against six, um, only one win out of five for the season to date. So yeah, I'm going to pick a draw as well. Okay, and Giuseppe, the second the second round then is on um, is also on New Year's Day, seven forty five. And it's Adelaide down at Cooper's Stadium. Um, and they're $2.05 favourites to beat the Phoenix at 3.50, the draw at 3.60. Surprising, really, because Adelaide are winless from five. And um, they're sitting 11th, playing the Phoenix, who are 10th and have won one. But the Knicks are just coming off, I guess, just a couple of, a couple of poor performances um, and seem to have lost a bit of momentum. Uh, how do you see it, Giuseppe? Look, this is a bit of a tough game for me to pick. I'm either thinking a draw or a Phoenix win. I'll go a draw. Mm. And how about yourself, Shannon? Yeah, look, it's to be honest, it's hard to bet against Adelaide when they play at Coopers. Uh, the atmosphere that their fans can provide can really give them that 12th man. But... Mm. As you say, they haven't really got the results on the scoreboard. They have been playing okay football, but now they've got the injuries to Cassini, Yangi, Nick Ansel, all that sort of thing. And in going with the spirit of what I was speaking of earlier, you know, the Wellington Phoenix young players really pulling through, I feel like the Wellington Phoenix can get a win, and so I'm going to tip them and have my faith in them. Mm. Look, I actually am going to join you, I think, on the... Uh, on the Phoenix, just to upset down there in Adelaide. Um, I just feel that uh, I just think that look, I uh, I just think that you know they have had the win and they are getting a bit more you know perhaps a bit more stability. And the Phoenix have always been a very up and down team, and it just wouldn't surprise me at all to see them play quite well. Um, on that note, has anyone ever been to Cooper Stadium? Have you been to Cooper Stadium, Shannon? No, Cooper Stadium is one of the stadiums that's on my bucket list to go to, but unfortunately, I've never got the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and then, so, 
looks like um, I'm going to join you on the Knicks and you've said the draw, Giuseppe. Now, the other game that we might just preview this week then is the um, FFA Cup game, which is tomorrow night, which is the, is it the, is it the Gold Coast Knights, Shannon, do you know? Yeah, Gold Coast um, Knights versus Melbourne Victory. Melbourne Victory up there in Gold Coast. Uh, Melbourne Victory, $1.25. Gold Coast Knights, eight fifty. The draw at six. Um, have you been following it at all, the FFA Cup? And how do you see this one going? Certainly have. Um, I love the FFA Cup. I love the stories of the MPL sides going up against their professional um, rivals. And I feel like I'm going to be a bit optimistic for the fairy tale and go for the Gold Coast Knights. Um, for a couple Firstly, the Melbourne victory in their past two matches against Perth Glory, where Glory essentially played a bunch of kids, and mm. Adelaide uh, City, where they won with the last kick of the match. Melbourne victory haven't looked like they're taking the competition too seriously. Gold Coast Knights have also recruited very well um, on, top of a, on, on top of an already good squad they have. They've brought in Jai Ingham and Mirza mm. Muradovic, who you might remember from the Knicks last season, so I feel like that combined with a home match for them, with the home support getting behind them, is as good of an opportunity as they're ever going to get to take down Melbourne victory. So optimistically, I'm going to go for the Knights in this one. How do you see it, Giuseppe? Well, that would be a really great thing for the Knights to win there, but for David and Goliath battle. But I think I'll have to go with victory for this one. Mm, mm. Uh, okay, well, um, perhaps we should so do a charity bet for the week. And um, Shannon, do you just want to tell us who the charity is that you've selected? So I selected DT38, which is um, Testicular Cancer Awareness, of course, named after former West Ham and young Socceroos footballer Dylan Tombides, who tragically passed away, aged only, I think, 20 from the disease. So yeah, it's a great cause, great for awareness for young blokes to, you know, make sure mm. they know all this sort of stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. I, I um, yeah, I'm just bringing up the website now. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to get some, um, you know, education about out there. Well done. Um, okay, so what are we going to select then? Um, so from your point of view, uh Shannon, where would you like to go across across the three matches? Um, well, I've put a lot of talk on the um the Wellington Phoenix today. Yeah. So I feel like the Wellington Phoenix would be the safe bet to go with. You know, if we want a lot of money, we could go for the outside chance of the Gold Coast Knights, but I think that would be a bit silly. So yeah, the next. Yeah. Okay, Giuseppe, and then so I'll leave you with the Western Sydney Western United game or the FFF, FFF, FFF Cup, FFA Cup. Can we bet on the FFA Cup? Can we put that into a multi? You can, you can, you can, yes, yep. And what were the odds on the other game you said? So the victory at a dollar 25 in that game. Uh, the odds on the other game were uh. Western Sydney 215, the draw 360, Western United 320. Look, I'll, I'll go for the safe Ben safe victory. Okay, great. Um, and um, uh, okay, and then for me, I will put in the draw. 
So that's going to be 10 at 15.75, which will return uh, about $160 for um, DT38. Uh, now, just just before we wrap up today, Shannon, I thought it might be good just to get Giuseppe. Giuseppe was just going to talk about a little bit about the um, the Women's A-League and just our plans to try and get a little bit more um, focus on that. And you might have some views as well. So did you just want to have a little talk about that, Giuseppe? Well, I spoke a bit about it last week, but I can give a bit of a review on the games that play just the other day. Yes, so having yeah. uh, Canberra and Brisbane having a three-all draw. Michelle Heyman, hope I got that right, opening the scoring. And then there was uh, on goal to Brisbane, which tied it up. And then to have the final three-all draw, it was a score in the stoppage time, 90th minute to make it a three-all, so pretty good game there. But I think the most exciting one was the victory v. City match. Uh, I was going to mention last week, I was pretty disappointed that they were having another derby just two weeks apart from the last one. I mean, surely just give it a bit of room, a bit more build-up to it. But it was very entertaining, one 1v5 with Hannah Wilkinson scoring all five goals, making her the highest scorer in women's soccer. And I believe that's equal to uh, Jamie McLaren, so equal in the A-League. Uh, Sydney and Western United played out a draw. And I believe Wellington and Newcastle was 1-0 to Newcastle. So those were the scores for the women's matches. Mm. And have you been following it at all, Shannon? Absolutely have. Um, I think it's been very exciting to watch this season and particularly the fact that it's, um, as I mentioned earlier, more accessible on free-to-air. It's just great for young women across the country to be able to watch and follow, particularly with the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2032. Um, it's good to see sides like Wellington Phoenix finally join the competition as well. Unfortunately, they're not doing so good, but, you know, room for growth across Australian and New Zealand football. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to try and put more focus on that um, for this podcast and for other ones we do, Shannon, so that's good to hear. Um, is there any final, final words from yourself, Giuseppe, for this week? Nothing from me. Um, anything for you, Shannon, in terms of um, uh, things you're looking forward to for the rest of the season? Um, well, I'm just looking forward to hopefully having a rest of a season to watch. I don't know about you fellas, but um, seeing all these games get cancelled is a little bit disheartening and not what you want around Christmas. So, yeah, it's just fingers crossed we can just enjoy more football so that we can sit here, we can chat about it on podcasts, on Twitter and just, you know, fill our time. That sounds absolutely right. I think we're totally on the same page there. So good way to finish. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, Shannon. Much appreciated. And to all our listeners, uh, enjoy the two games plus the FFA Cup round of 16 tomorrow night.